0: Welcome to More Than Ink.
1: Wow, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has been traveling, traveling, traveling. He's gone everywhere.
2: And today, he's going to go somewhere you would never expect him to go. In fact, where is he going? Right up to the gates of hell. Oh, let's find
1: out what that's all about today
2: on, on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Welcome to our dining room table. I'm Dorothy.
1: And I'm Jim. I'm, I'm sitting at the dining room table, <laughs> we too. We really are we sitting are at really the dining here. room table. Yeah.
2: I'm not here by myself. Yeah. <laughs> we are so glad you're with us this morning. We are about to enter into to, uh, Matthew 16. Right. And if you remember that last week we talked about the, the incident of feeding the 4,000 over not on the, the five thousand side of yes. the Sea of Galilee. A, a Gentile feast. And so at, right at the end of that, they get in the boat and they go back across to the west side to the Jewish territory so chapter 15 was all concerned about this tour of the gentile areas Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where jesus uh, met that woman who came and knelt at his feet and then he went across to the top of the sea of galilee and healed crowds and they said this is this is only done by the God of Israel, right? <laughs> right. And then the feeding of and the 4,000 over yeah. there. So yeah. here we are, back on the west side of the Back on the west side,
1: Valley. back on the Jewish side, back in the territory where the Pharisees are
2: actually hunting right, for him. Right, because the Pharisees <laughs> hadn't bothered to track him when right, he had left right. the
1: borders. So when he comes back to their side of the lake, uh, a little bit of fireworks. So here we are, chapter 16, verse 1. You want me to read? Yeah. Okay, here we go. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and to test him, they asked him how asked him to show them a sign from heaven. <laughs> and he answered them, When it's evening, you say, Oh, it'll be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, Oh, it'll be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of jonah so he left them and and departed huh huh
2: (laughs) so it it's fascinating to me that over on the other side of the sea he had just done all these clearly messianic big time stuff and the response of the gentiles was this is they're glorifying the god of israel the god of israel right but here he is back in israel and they're saying, uh, we're not going to believe you until you show yeah. us a sign. Yeah, bring down like fire exactly from heaven. What exactly are that would they cool.
1: looking for? And it's worth noticing, too. It says the Pharisees and Sadducees. And these these guys are not friends. Pharisees no. and Sadducees. I mean, they're they're both components of the religious elite and the powerful. But, but were, they
2: joined forces. But they against joined forces. Jesus. So it's
1: like they have a common enemy. And for right. the first time in the narrative, they're actually doing something together. Because I mean it's it's very stark because the Pharisees Pharisees believed a Messiah was coming. The Sadducees didn't.
2: Right. And
1: right. you know, and the Pharisees believed that there was life after death. The Sadducees, Sadducees did didn't. not. So there were some gigantically Different doctrines between the two, but in Jesus, they see a common threat, a common enemy. So they say, Prove who you are, show us a sign from heaven.
2: Isn't it interesting, though, that he says, I'm not giving you a sign except the sign of Jonah? Yeah, sign of Jonah. Which he had already said that to them before a few chapters ago back in chapter 12. Deja vu. But he says a lot more back in chapter 12. So it's probably worth reviewing it. I wonder if he said all of that also here and Matthew just didn't repeat it again. Hmm. Could be. But back in chapter 12, when they had asked him for a sign. He said, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. Here it comes. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monsters, so the Son of Man will be three days and three, three nights days, in the heart of the nights. earth. Yeah. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Behold, <laughs> More something greater than Jonah yeah. is is here. Ah, right. That's right. So he's saying to them, Hey, the Gentile, wicked Gentiles repented at the message of Jonah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And then lets them draw the conclusion <laughs> something greater is Jonah.
1: Right. So you know, the the parallels between Jonah's experience and Jesus' experience with death and resurrection are, are extraordinarily right. parallel. And that's what he's getting at here. And he's saying, I'm not going to give you any sign until the resurrection happens. And that should be enough for you because that was enough for the Assyrians and they all repented.
2: Well, and in another place we know he told a story where someone said, well, send somebody back from the dead and my brothers will repent. And he said, nope, even if somebody rises from the dead, they won't.
1: No. Yeah. In this particular case, had Jesus said, "Okay, watch this. And he brought fire down from heaven and like incinerated half the Pharisees. Like Elijah did. Like Elijah did. They still wouldn't believe no you know, that's the resist. that's the hard heart is that kind of miracle is just not going to do it so jesus is going to say if if you want a miracle i will accommodate you but it's going to be when i'm dead and i'm resurrected and then deal with that because mm-hmm. that's it right there even paul the apostle when he was when he's writing to the different churches and visiting the churches you know he said he said jesus credentials is the resurrection You're right You're and right. Uh, and so that's enough it's actually right there and yeah. he's saying to these guys right here that's that's all you're going to need, but you're still not going to respond.
2: Well, that's all you're going to get. Yeah, that's because right. <laughs> they were completely denying yeah. and overlooking the presence of all the signs that he had been offering.
1: Right, right. And and in this particular case, we said these were enemies, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They're trying to do something to trip Jesus mm-hmm. up because they think, well, if this guy is an impostor, that's right. what they're thinking. He can possibly be the
2: real deal. Right.
1: He cannot. He cannot have God do something on his behalf because he's from Satan or something. I mean, they used they called well, him. They had accused him of that. Yeah. yeah. So this is not going to happen. So we're going to put him on the spot. He's not going to be able to deliver. And the people are going to be waiting for him to deliver. And he doesn't. And so they'll know he's a fraud. This is going to work out great. And it doesn't.
2: <laughs> so he just leaves them. Just walks depart- away. He just, walks, just away walks away from the argument after dropping that last bomb. Well, Nothing and, except the sign of Jonah. And,
1: you know, and I wonder how many people in the crowd who overheard this understood what the sign of Jonah meant. I think this is kind of, again, an investment for what's going to happen still many months mm-hmm. ahead with the resurrection, because the sign of Jonah, they know who Jonah was, they know right. the history, and, and they know that he was a prophet that was sent, and he preached to the Assyrians, again, classical enemies. Well,
2: that's why I read that passage in yeah. 12, because Jesus did say all of that in detail right. he earlier. Really, he
1: really painted it out for him. yeah, so he says that and walks away. Well, shall oh, we, we? go on? Let's continue. <laughs> I'll keep going. Verse okay. five. We're still with the Pharisees here. So when the disciples reached the other side, oh, they're crossing the lake crossing all the Crossing the lake here. again. Okay. Well, they'd forgotten to bring any bread. They forgot to bring any bread. And so Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began discussing it amongst themselves saying, well, we brought no bread. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm sorry I gotta,
2: you gotta this is this is a, a forehead slapping moment here. <laughs>
1: but Jesus aware of this said, hey, oh, you of little, little faith, faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? <laughs> do you not per not yet perceive do you not remember the five loaves? Uh, The 5,000, how many baskets were gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Head slaps all around.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, we're just like them. We really are. Because we get so fixed on the the surface detail, the concrete thing, that we forget that what Jesus has been doing is pointing, I am the bread of life. I am all you need. I am the one God sent.
1: Yeah, but, but, but I mean, here they are in a place, and they forgot to bring any bread. Right,
2: They weren't carrying so their lunch.
1: They got hungry, and they said, well, we don't have any bread. And Jesus says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Well,
2: Jesus is still thinking about the exchange he just walked I, exactly, away from.
1: Exactly, exactly. I know, it's, it's, continuity here is what so it's all about. So when he's talking
2: about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, what do you, what's he talking about, leaven. do you think?
1: Yeah, leaven is yeast, in case right. you don't know that. You need to look that up. And everyone knows that you could take a little bit of yeast and you put it in the flour and stir it up, and it gets big
2: and it puffs, it multiplies, up, yeah, right, makes air
1: bubbles, right, right, right. And and you can, you can take an entire stash of of stash, a pile of flour, and you can make the entire pile of flour right. do this,
2: contaminate the entire yeah. thing with so there's the there's a lot of,
1: a lot in the imagery that they understood by the way, right about um, about happening on kind of a an invisible way, but in the end you see the results mm-hmm. of it. And it spreads. It right, spreads. Right. So, um, so, so that's it's what contagious. we're talking about. It's like a, it's like a hidden spreading. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is watch out about the hidden spreading influence of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. Which
2: is all their concern about appearance yeah. and about uh, acting right, but their hearts were not.
1: Their hearts were not right. Yeah, exactly. So he's and he's also saying in a way that what these guys are proclaiming what the Pharisees and Sadducees are proclaiming is kind of sneaky it can work its way into mm-hmm. you and and replicate inside of you right. you need to be very careful about your exposure to these guys because it can sneak in and contaminate your batch mm-hmm. so I mean it's it's really they understand what's going on. they knew yeast they understood yeast
2: okay so Jesus in the, setting up this conversation Jesus says oh you of little faith why are you talking about bread
1: right. Why are you talking about right? why are you we're worrying not about, about food the
2: material world here we're Talking right. about spiritual reality, <laughs> right? And we talked a little bit last week about the people that Jesus identified as people of great faith in mm-hmm. in the Book of Matthew. We're both Gentiles, You're right? The Syrophoenician Gentiles. woman, the woman, the Canaanite woman up in Tyre, and yep, the yep. centurion who came to him seeking healing for his yeah. his little servants. So they got it. They got it. But yeah. here, are the ones who should have had this puny, weak, undeveloped. Yeah, and he, and he
1: takes them down
2: in a very
1: straightforward way. W- weren't you guys there at the five thousand? Weren't you guys there at the right. four thousand? So what are you doing worrying it's like about? it rubs their food. noses in it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just nice and straightforward. Yeah. But but in the end, in the end, they got it. It says they understood. And that, they got it. Yeah. Okay. We're not talking about the leaven in bread. Right. We're talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and satches. Ah, so light bulbs go off and they get it. Good. Good. We got there.
2: Okay. Let's move on. Oh, what do you we say? we need to. Yeah. Now, this is verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, mm. and others, Jeremiah, mm. or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Okay, this passage and more <laughs> false religions have been founded upon yeah. a misunderstanding of this little paragraph. Yep, yep. It just breaks my heart. And, and and just have to be careful. You got
1: to walk through it and walk and do it carefully. But yeah, it's the, it's been the source of so many offshoot craziness Okay, but
2: before we get into that, let's talk about Caesarea Philippi for okay, a minute. Where okay. are they?
1: Okay, well, they are, if you're at the top of the Sea of Galilee, which is where we've been doing almost everything, Capernaum and stuff like that, <clears throat> turn directly north and walk 25 miles. I mean, they, they are up on the edges of what is... Known Israel basically, and and that's true today. In fact, that and it's
2: actually a, a kind of a mountainous region. You right, go uphill right. a long ways right. to get up in that neck of the woods. Yeah,
1: you. Yeah, to this very day, when you go up to Caesarea Philippi, you're you're like within spitting distance of Syria and and Lebanon's on one side. Syrians, so you're way up north. You're just way up north in the center of the country. But Caesarea Philippi, as you can notice by the name of it, right? Uh, it, it was established as a place to worship uh, Caesar Augustus as a god. Right. And before that. The Greeks used it to worship Pan, Uh a god that they had. And before that, it was used by the Babylonians to worship. The
2: Baal God. So there's so some a very classic. interesting geography, yes. geology yeah. in this area. There's a very famous cave, right. where there used to be a statue of Pan and probably some other gods right. along. history. Right. That was actually known as the gates to the underworld.
1: That's exactly right. This is a very cultic, significant place. place. So Jesus
2: It's <laughs> still there. Actually, you can yeah. go there today. Yeah. We've been there. We've taken pictures. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. But it just has a long history of cultic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things going on. So Jesus decides deliberately, right, deliberately to walk into this place and and ask the guys Who do you say I am? Right. Who do you say that I am? <laughs> the contrast is just striking right here. This is just exactly the right place to ask this question.
2: Well, that's an interesting question anyway, because yeah. that is the single question every single one of us must answer. Yeah. Who's, who do you say? Who's this? Yeah. Is Jesus.
1: Who is this? And I like how he starts it by saying, so what do the people say that I am? That's right. And what they hear, yeah, I mean, they come up with a list of, of uh, um, national reformers in the history of Israel. I mean, hmm. pretty much. I mean, people have a large reforming change uh, across the, I mean, you, you've got Elijah, you've got Jeremiah, you've got John the Baptist, guys who made a big impact to turn things around. So they said, well, Jesus is clearly a guy who's here to turn things around. And so they give him a list like this. The Elijah one's not a bad guess either because in in the last breath of the Old Testament in Malachi it right. says that Elijah's gonna come, you know, before the Messiah comes. So that's not a bad guess either. Well, they're John expecting the Baptist that.
2: was the one who was identified as the forerunner, that's just right. like Elijah. Right. So. right in
1: the shoes of Elijah, right. So it's, a, it's an interesting way to start the discussion. But then he then he really nails it down. So how about you guys? Who, who do you th- who do you say that I am? And sure enough, out of all the apostles, we're not surprised. It's Peter who speaks up. But what he says is just remarkable. Like We've we've been moaning the fact that through all these miracles, they're not getting it. Now they get it. He's, He's the Christ. He's the Messiah, the Son of the living God.
2: Well, they have the identifiers right, but I think the implications of that is still not entirely clear.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: But he says, you are the sent one. You are God's... God's designated heir representative, the one who will inherit, the one who represents the Father of the living
1: God. Right. Not
2: any of these dead idols that we're well, standing here looking at
1: yeah they could have that, that, that cave right behind them and, you know not not like right. dead pen, but but you're the son of the living god so the distinction is actually quite clear the first one christ is is just the greek version of messiah the right. anointed one the anointed the one. one who's been promised and talked about all through the old testament and uh which before the the woman up on the coast called the son of david one and the same exactly the same thing the promised one but then he asks to that the son of the living god and when you you know when you claim to be the son of the living god you are claiming deity there's no right. there's no way around that cuz
2: you're claiming the character Right and the familial connection right. to the living God.
1: So in saying this pair of phrases, Messiah and the Son of the living God, it's it's uh, it's saying what we're, we're talking about is fully man, the promised Superman in a way mm-hmm. from God, and God himself, deity. Fully God, fully man. In and race. if
2: you remember not so long before this, when Peter had walked on the water and got back into the boat, the disciples' response was, surely you are. The Son of God. Yeah. So the, the peg dropped in the hole. Yeah. They're still yeah. kind of fleshing out what that means. Right. But Peter's the one who speaks up here and says, oh, y- you are him. Yeah. Because what had they seen? They'd seen him calm the storm at least mm-hmm, twice. Mm-hmm. Peter had walked on the water. They'd seen him feed thousands of people from a few loaves. Including they'd,
1: Gentiles, which yes, is unspeakable.
2: They'd seen him heal things that were unhealable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that list we had with that other healing on the Gentile side includes uh, healing the blind, right? Which you know, from a doctrinal position in the Old Testament, right. only God can do that, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and He heals a blind man in a very prominent way in John nine, and gets yeah. into a lot of trouble, right? So yes, it's the blind man in trouble, and and, he gets the blind and his parents. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just it's incredible. So I mean, und- undeniable connections to deity. So is what we have
2: why does Jesus say, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah." Uh, what do you make of that?
1: Yeah. Blessed are you Simon. Bar means son. Son. Simon, the son of Jonah. Well, what he's clearly saying is that your natural father's not the one that taught you this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You see more in there?
2: Well, I'm just wondering because we had just talked about Jonah and the sign of Jonah. Oh, the sign of Jonah, I, you know, yeah. I, is there yeah. something there talking about a hint at the resurrection? That well, he's, he sees some maybe little inkling that there's. I've
1: never tied that together. Well, but could be. I didn't
2: either until just recently, and I'm thinking, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Since Jonah had just figured in the account.
1: Yeah. That's not that's true.
2: Not a few paragraphs before. Well,
1: and, and Jonah had a remarkable redemptive role yes. with Gentiles.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I these are the kinds of questions it's okay to ask. Well, they're fun to wonder. And, and it might lead you to make a discovery in yeah. your own putting together of the scriptures and so you would search out well where else did jesus talk about jonah do we know anywhere what peter's father's name was i mean you can kind of track down there and see if you can tease out some deeper understanding
1: yeah, but in the context here, too, what happens in the next phrase, uh, right. we're talking about fathers. Right. So Simon, the son of like whoever, but the son of Jonah, anybody saying flesh and blood, that is your own father, right. has not revealed this to you. But you do have a father who has revealed this to you. It's... Your father in heaven. Mm. So what, what you're understanding now is not something that's natural. It's something that's actually supernatural. Your understanding and belief in who Jesus is.
2: Well, indeed. Jesus. Peter had just referred to Jesus as the son of the living God. Right. And right. now Jesus is saying, my father who's in heaven has revealed this to you. Yeah. yeah. Right. So God, I, I am the son of God, but he doesn't only really talk to me. He communicates with yeah. you, and even, <laughs> even
1: to this day, when people come to faith in Christ, that faith, that understanding, is something that's right. given by God. Right. And you know, it's not. It's not a natural thing that happens. And then after this, you know, Jesus comments on on Peter's proclamation and renames him, gives right. him a new name, calls him Peter, which yes, Petros. It means it means, means stone, rock. Right. Yeah, it means rock. rock. Or if you're confused, sometimes you see him referred to as Cephas. Right. Yeah, another is Cephas just is just. Greek term well no the greek is petros oh, is peter is Petrus, that's yeah, right. it's it's the aramaic, the aramaic. so it means the same thing it means stone your stone and then he says i'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it so you you build you build things with rocks
2: Right, but we have the same word, rock and rock, in English, but it's not yeah. the same word no, in it's Greek. Not. It's petros and petra, right. meaning a, a rock and bedrock. A
1: single stone versus a big rock right. outcropping. Yeah. Right. So he, he's solid. Saying, saying basically Peter's going to be an element in the building of this structure with rocks,
2: something foundational.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then Peter actually writes in 1 Peter that very thing. You have that passage.
2: I don't have it in front of me. No. I've got it. You here's, got it because you're good.
1: Here's Peter writing himself in First Peter two four, as you come to him, a living Theology stone. stone. They're talking about Jesus, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. And you yourselves, like living stones, right. are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ.
2: So that's who he's talking about when he says, "I will build my." church my church my the greek word is ekklesia this community of called Mm -hmm. ones we're not talking about jesus building an organization right or placing peter in the position of president or chief ceo
1: right or necessarily starting a new race or ethnic group like the israelites are he's saying this is a a gathering a gathering
2: of people that i'm going to call together yeah. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Well, they're standing in Caesarea Philippi, where <laughs> that big cave was known as the gates of Hades, right? <laughs> right, right. So right. He, he's got the best backdrop in the world as right. an illustration of this. Yeah. And by the way,
1: the gates of a city protect the city from invasion. Right. So what he's saying is that hell itself has gates trying to protect itself. No way. well You know, the church is going to be taking the initiative, and it's going to crush right through those gates. Okay, and hell can't defend itself.
2: That leads us into the next statement. He says, "And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven." What does a key do? It opens a lock.
1: It opens a door, or it locks. Right, it changes
2: access. Friends, get your concordance and find out where else key and keys show up in the scriptures because it's very rare. There's only a couple of places. One is in Isaiah 22, 22, where it almost is exactly like this. Mm -hmm, I'll mm -hmm. give him the key uh, uh, of the the house of David. And what he opens, no one will shut. And what he shuts, no one will open. Exactly. And then it shows up in Revelation. And there's one other place. It's in Luke where Jesus says to the Pharisees, you've taken away the key of knowledge.
1: Yep. yep. Right?
2: So you've locked up the knowledge of God.
1: Yep. So we're really talking about access to the kingdom of heaven. And he's saying you guys are going to have a key role. Oh, that's a nice pun. Right. You're going to have a key role. <laughs> but I want to contrast, since we just had a, a kerfuffle with the Pharisees, right. uh, later in Matthew twenty twenty three, he says the Pharisees are not doing this. He says, for you shut the kingdom of heaven right. in people's faces. Right. It's the opposite of what Peter and the apostles mm-hmm. are going to be doing in terms of opening it up. So they're going to be involved in doing the hands-on changing of the world and gathering together people and because it says the gathered ones it really implies not just one racial or ethnic group it's a mix it's a gathering
2: so he's not giving peter authority to no. bind and loose it no. doesn't have anything to do with rendering judgments on people right whatever you recognize as bound right that this this community of the called ones will reflect the character and nature of the king who called them
1: exactly and we we sort of blow up peter's role in that peter did have a prominent role in the church right he was the oh. one that talked at, at pentecost but peter's is not the cornerstone jesus is and so and we are all stones in the building that's built on the bedrock of Jesus as the cornerstone. Yeah, it's just a it's a great picture about the role that they are going to take on now as they move forward when Jesus is resurrected.
2: So, I encourage you listeners to look into the actual structure of that sentence in verse 19 and 20 about loosing and binding because right. it's it's rendered poorly in English. It's whatever has already been bound in exactly, heaven, yeah. has already been loosed in heaven. We the called ones into the kingdom of God will recognize and affirm what God has already done
1: yeah and it's worth noting too that this was a term that was used all the time with the Pharisees when someone did something against the law they were bound and if they thought they were not guilty they were loose so he's basically gonna say when it comes to righteousness you guys are gonna be the guys Mm. who define that now boy our time is up we are totally out of time and uh, and I'm having a great time. So, I hope you join us next time as we continue on in this. We're going to keep pushing on and uh, and, and next time Jesus is going to start to turn his face toward Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to just cause hot water like you can't believe. So, next time we turn south and we'll do it here on More Than the Ink.
0: There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethanink.org. And while you're there, Take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.